this is Peter Chihuahua, your co-host for the Weekly Bits podcast. On today's episode, Colin and I are talking about the art of Bitcoin and our latest issue on artists who spotlight the technology, the visuals of the Bitcoin logo itself, and some of the bigger cultural implications for our community. Colin, I know you're a big fan of this topic because you've written about it before. What's your high-level take on our the art of Bitcoin issue? High-level take is... High-level art for Bitcoin, and just really any art in general, I think, is really important for Bitcoin as a cultural movement. And the reason I say that is because Bitcoin as a technology is obviously very difficult to understand for some people. And as a technology and as people think it's relegated to the domain of machines, so they think of it as being kind of cold and lifeless. And one of the things I think that's really awesome is seeing some of the artists in this space, like Brecky Von Bitcoin or crypto graffiti or Josie, all those people, they always come up with really creative ways to illustrate Bitcoin. And by doing so, they introduce Bitcoin in a way that people aren't used to, and it might get them interested and might make them see, oh, like, I see creatives and artists working in this space. Maybe it's not just for the nerds and for the tech geeks. It humanizes Bitcoin for a lot of people, I think. Yeah, and I think something that certainly rings super clear when you hear this podcast, but like Bitcoin is actually cool. I think like one thing that kind of gets lost that is different about Bitcoin compared to the standing financial system that's run by super lame banks and bankers and such, you know, which I'm sure there's cool bankers out there, but like Bitcoin is for the misfits. Weird people find Bitcoin and something about it resonates with them, it seems like. And like there's so much creativity. So like there's the dev side of it that's probably hyper creative and clever, but doesn't come across as strong as like the art that Bitcoin inspires and all the artists. And one thing I want to get into a little bit later with one of my questions is there are other ways to contribute to Bitcoin, even if you're not building a financial product or pushing a BIP through. There's like this whole cultural side of it. I think our issue really hit on that stuff. And some of these articles are great. Let's jump in by talking about your story. So this is on the site live now. The headline is the history and symbolism behind Bitcoin's logo. So I think this is a really cool example of kind of a community effort in Bitcoin. It's got this great grassroots history, how the logo came about that, you know, you explain in the article. So give me the elevator explanation. What is kind of the history behind the establishment of Bitcoin's logo as as we know it now. Yeah, so I learned a lot from writing this one. It's always kind of nice when you can uh, learn more than what you know on a topic when you go into it. But I had always known that there are rudimentary logos. One of the things that I thought was interesting is how active Satoshi actually was in kind of shaping the logo. So obviously with the Bitcoin Core release in 2009, there was a very rudimentary logo, which was just a gold coin with BC on it. I was trying to think of a good quip for like before Bitcoin. Oh, yeah. You know, like, right. uh, or before coin. So Satoshi released that. And then people on Bitcoin talk started kind of talking, well, do we want to try it? It didn't really, I guess, you know, capture people's imagination. So they said, hey, like, we should start thinking about some other logos. And then people started thinking about like actual keyboard inputs that you can use for Bitcoin, right? Because, you know, you have a dollar sign. You have and this is sign. all happening over Bitcoin talk. Right. As are all the best Bitcoin discussions yeah. in history. Yeah, right. And like, so Bitcoin talk, this is happening in Bitcoin talk, that teeming watering hole in the like, really the protean days of Bitcoin. I mean, you're talking about maybe a few dozen people are really active on the site. And anyway, so someone pitched the idea of using the Thai bot, which is a B with a 
a, a strike down the middle as the currency symbol. Some people thought that, that was a little too confusing because it's already uh, the currency symbol for another currency, a fiat currency. But one thing that everyone did agree on is that BTC should should be kind of like shorthand for Bitcoin. I won't say everybody, but people seem to think that made made sense. They kind of liked that. It looked more like a ticker. But anyway, apparently the Thai bot conversation got Satoshi thinking because then Satoshi on February 24th, 2010, introduced a new logo, which is kind of the one like the one we know today. It's it's the B with the strikes going through the coin. Dude, it's, uh, well. Through the B, not, not totally through. Right. It, it basically looks exactly like the B as we have it today. I was going to say, that is the logo we know yeah. today. I'm sitting in this room and I can see it in four, maybe five different places without like moving my head too far. Like it's prevalent. Right, exactly. And so I thought it was really cool to see like Satoshi was like looking at what the community was doing and he was responding to it. And after Satoshi did that, much like Bitcoin itself, he stepped away in 2010. And then some community members came together and created the orange Bitcoin logo that we know today. And I think it's kind of incredible that, you know, this dude just went on Bitcoin talk and was like, uh, in his words, he said, uh, I just wanted to share with you guys this logo or something like Classic that. Classic you know? Bitcoin. Yeah, this guy like, made what's going to, what is now and even growing to become more of like a cultural icon. And he just drops it in Bitcoin talk, free vector logos for everybody, puts yeah. it in the public domain, doesn't ask for anything. He just, and his name's BitBoy maybe. Or yeah, something. it is BitBoy. Yeah. yeah. It just seems totally inconsequential. Like the dude's just like, hey, thought that you guys would appreciate this. Right. The amazing thing is too, the, the logo that we have today is one of our design guys, Pat Riley was saying, like it wasn't created by a designer, it was created by an engineer. Right. And there's lots of hidden symbolism right. in there too. Off the top of your head, I mean, it's like detailed stuff. Yeah. So it'd be hard to, you should go read the article to get a play-by-play of all that. But it's like angled at a particular direction. It's like made up of certain sizes of shapes that all like relate to magic numbers. Yeah. It's interesting. Some of the symbolism is a little forced, but I think it's still really cool. Like the number eight shows up in dimensions a lot for the Bitcoin's design. Like if you're making the Bitcoin logo from scratch, like this dude, you can go see on my article. There's a link to a medium post that goes step by step how to create the logo from scratch. Some of the dimensions for some of the shapes included, you know, eight degrees and on the program that they were doing, I don't know what the measurements are exactly, but it was basically eight by 12.5. It comes up a lot. The eight here for the creator represents B for block. So the idea is every time you're adding a new shape, you're adding a block. 12.5 is one eighth of 100, which also represents eight. And the kind of symbolism here is every time a new shape was added to the design, it was like a block being added to the chain. One of the other things is everyone always asks, why is the logo tilted to the right? The number eight, it's tilted at a 13.88 degree angle. Here's the actual quote. 14 degrees came about by adding an infinite number of Bs together. By B is here, he means 12.5, one eighth of 100, and dividing the previous values by 10. So it's 12.5 plus 1.25, and he keeps moving the decimal place over. And eventually, as you keep doing it, it comes out to 13.888 repeating. So that rounds up to 14. But there's just so that gives you a taste of just how like every detail is really thought out. Yeah, super complex. It's very complex. To be honest, as far as I'm concerned, if the be tilted a little bit further to the right or was straight up, I'm sure we'd all be in the same place. <laughs> not sure how much difference that would make for anybody, but kind of cool that there's this un, untold story. And like I said, what I really liked about it, reading through your article and learning more about this history is like, it's so community focused, mm. so grassroots. People were just doing this for free. 
the people who are doing it took it extremely seriously, as you can tell from all that symbolism. And that's just so Bitcoin. So cool to tell that story. The other one I thought we'd kind of dive into here was Dave Holler's story for this week. It's called How Propaganda Art Can Spread the Message of Bitcoin. It's about this artist, Lucio Paletti. He uses Bitcoin symbolism and like propaganda style posters to try to convert more normies into Bitcoin. And he's very overt about that, again, which is pretty Bitcoin to just be upfront like, hey, I'm subverting you right now. Like, right. You should dig it. But I wanted to ask you, Colin, what do you kind of make of the cypherpunk artists, counterculture, art and design that's, that's emerged, emerged around Bitcoin? Bitcoin. One um, thing I love like is that I was, got a, you know, one thing I love vibe going on a lot of the art. A lot of it seems to be dystopian and like be dystopian. Because I guess this like, technology is about subverting our system and about the future and all that. Is right. that your take too? Yeah, I think. And it's also, I think subversion is really, like you said, the word here. And I think it's really interesting how, and you'll see a lot of different artists play on propaganda and also like appropriate you know, all of those iconic propaganda posters that you'd see in the 40s and 50s and 30s, right? And even before then, like in World War One, when jingoism was a huge thing and xenophobia was rampant. Um, and I think that that's extremely poignant because ultimately for a bunch of anarchists, uh, maybe libertarians, generally people who seem to have, if not skepticism towards authority, outright disdain for it, it's hilariously apt that they would take the propaganda mold and then use that for Bitcoin because it's basically saying like, well, the state has its propaganda. Here's our propaganda. Right. And our right. propaganda is way cooler. By yeah. The way. yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then, then you get, like you said, those dystopian elements where, you know, we like to think of Bitcoin as a technology that could help us stave off dystopian elements of governments and things like that. So it's all about subversion and it's all about sending a message that people otherwise wouldn't think about. Right. And like purposely unpolished. When I think of Bitcoin art, like not there's some stuff out there that's like amazing, you know, super polished and well done. And I'm not taking anything away from that, but like graffiti, um, mosaics and like things pasted together and like not quite fitting right, but in like a cool artistic way. Again, I think that speaks to Bitcoin more largely as a culture that that art is so prevalent because kind of like we're really bootstrapped, at least at this point, really grassroots, really subversive, really just spray painting on this, the establishment's wall and stuff like that. So I think the art, for me, it really resonates as like a, a quick way to understand on another level what this technology is all about. Yeah, and I think that's the other thing, too, is going back to that understanding, like presenting a visual that people can digest. Like you give people a white paper and like the white paper is awesome. But if you have to read it 10 times before you even have any idea what's going on, and then to really have an idea what's going on, you have to read supplementary material. It's really hard for people to digest Bitcoin. It's even harder to try to explain it to people and have them digest it as you're explaining it to right. them. So visual aids that you know don't necessarily convey how Bitcoin works, but the effect of Bitcoin, right? Yeah. Like the vibe that Bitcoin brings, <clears throat> sure. you know, and the ethos behind it, I think is more important, honestly, than... For, for introducing people to Bitcoin than actually explaining how Bitcoin works, right? Yeah. Because one thing I always say, quick tangent, like people always ask me, like, well, how do I know it works? How does it work? You don't know how TCP packets work. You don't know how ISP, you know, internet service providers route your internet traffic. You know nothing about how the internet works, but you get on your computer every day and you send emails and you browse the web. You don't need to know how something works. You need to know the effects of the technology. Right, right? and the art is a great, that's a great point. It's a good way of conveying that to people. I mentioned this at the top of the podcast here. 
The other thing I wanted to bring up, because it's like important to me too. So I've been bitten by the Bitcoin bug. I want to contribute to Bitcoin. There's really nothing I can offer Bitcoin from a technical perspective, but like my skills and passion in life is writing and editing. And so that's why I really appreciate working on Bitcoin Magazine. I feel like I'm contributing to this really important project through my skill set. And there are different ways of doing that in Bitcoin. And there's all these cool people who have been bitten by the bug, want to convert others, want to contribute to Bitcoin. And their outlet to do that is like by creating visual art. Yeah. And it's awesome that we do have those outlets. You know, it takes a village. And in any industry, you need creatives and you need people who don't do the technical stuff. And you often hear people who contribute to Core say it's like, you know, like going back to a good example of like the kind of skills that Bitcoin needs, be it visual art, writing or editing. You know, you don't have to contribute code. You can contribute documentation, right? Like you can contribute uh, summaries of BIPs. Organize a meetup. That's what you're good at. Exactly. You know, it it really everyone has 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 something to do here. And uh, Bitcoin and its industries are going to require talents from all over. And uh, that's the beautiful thing about it, too, is when you're bootstrapping a completely new monetary system, with that comes all of the existing jobs that were in the previous monetary system, right? Yeah, for Complete sure. Complete migration. Well, not all of them, no. maybe. And maybe some new, better ones. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's going to be a place for artists in Bitcoin, yeah. too, for sure. Awesome. Well, there's a lot of other cool stories up on Bitcoin Magazine for this issue for all the listeners to check out if they haven't already done that. Colin, any final thoughts on this one before we wrap up the pod? No, I would just say if you're a content creator or an artist out there, Bitcoin needs your services. And uh, another thing I would say is when it comes to Bitcoin propaganda, we don't want to be spreading misleading information, but never fear about laying it on too heavy because there's propaganda coming from the top of society against Bitcoin and we got to fight it. Well said. That does it for another episode of Bitcoin Magazine's Weekly Bids Podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in. We'll be out next week, but then we'll be back with a new episode in the week after that. In the meantime, please don't forget to leave us a rating and review so we can improve the show. The Bitcoin Magazine Weekly Bids Podcast is a BTC Media produced podcast on the Let's Talk Bitcoin Network. It was produced by Graham Peterson and David Hollerith. You can find more engaging podcasts over at letstalkbitcoin.com and you can follow them on Twitter at the LTB Network for all the latest episodes. Thanks again for tuning in. And a quick reminder that all of the content in this episode is for informational purposes only. You should not construe any such information or other material as legal, tax, investment, financial, or other advice. Nothing contained in this presentation constitutes a solicitation, recommendation, endorsement, or offer by BTC Media, the Let's Talk Bitcoin Network, or any third-party service provider to buy or sell any securities or other financial instruments.